Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure to check out fivereasonsports.com. Spell it out, F-I-V-E, reasonsports.com. We've got a really good piece on there, which is actually something that we're going to get into a little bit today from uh, Ramon Lowe of our network. And he wrote about what, what will sports be um, after the George Floyd situation and also after coronavirus. It's, it's a good read. Check it out on our website. Also check out all of our other content. We've got some NBA stuff on there too. Our guy Brady Hawk wrote about, and we're going to actually do a podcast on this, about the top duos in the NBA. Yeah, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo 11th. So go check that out. See if you agree, don't agree. And again, we're going to bring Brady on for another episode. I want to tell you though about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's the Gonzalez and Tybor Law Firm. You can find them at bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. That's bankruptcy is good for you.com. The phone number is 954-678-8354. That's 954-678-8354. Of course, based here right in Broward County and in Miami. In addition to South Florida, though, they also represent clients in Orlando, Tampa, and Fort Myers. They've got consultations available via telephone or video conference. Here's the thing about bankruptcy. I know it can be a dirty word to people, but it's not. It's one of the few laws that exists to actually help consumers the new stimulus act that was just put out there, they made some important changes to the bankruptcy laws. So it's important to have an attorney explain the changes. Don't try to figure it out on your own. They've got payment plans. They've got little to no upfront fees. They can help you or anyone you know. So if you were lucky enough to make it through COVID, still isn't over with no financial problems, chances are you know someone who isn't that lucky. They can help a Gonzalez and Tybor. Even before the pandemic, a lot of people were carrying a lot of debt and living paycheck to paycheck. Bankruptcy provides the opportunity to start fresh. It does not ruin credit. Most people see an increase of 100 to 150 points on their credit score within a year of filing. Also, if property values drop, bankruptcy can be used to modify or eliminate mortgages. So check it out. Bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. That's 954 678 8354. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, aka Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on the Five on the Floor podcast. I've got Alphonse Sydney with me. You should also check out latest episode of light skinned opinions which alf is one of the co-hosts on with paris thompson and christopher maddox they did a live stream for the first time on the youtube channel last night and now there's a podcast version of that so check that out you had pretty good feedback on that right alf oh uh, yeah the people who were watching live there was a lot of really good conversation and interaction a lot of really good points brought up we try to address as many as we could uh for everybody who watched and uh, tweet uh, tweeted or messaged while we were doing it, thank you very much. Uh, really much appreciated. And then just throughout the course of last night and today in my, in my DMs on both Instagram, uh, even Facebook, uh, of course, on Twitter, uh, people text messaging me, all kinds of stuff. Like, it's been really, really positive. A lot of people thanking me, um, thanking all of us 
uh, at Light Skin Opinions for even having that discussion because, you know, it's we, you know, how we're able to make light of a lot of very serious situations. Mm. Um, for us, it's a painful topic uh, as as young black men in this country. Uh, we're not that young anymore, but <laughs> as uh, <laughs> as black men in this country and who, you know, either we are raising young black men, sponsor young black men, um, black men and women, you know, it's it's a painful topic. And but we felt like it was really important to kind of let people into that room of three black men having this conversation, not through not three black political pundits, not three black social sociology experts, just three black dudes, just three regular black guys having these conversations. Because, you know, even with us, when the mics are on, the cameras are on, it's it's still the same conversation we'd have uh, regardless. The only thing we did last night was tone down the cursing. Um, yeah, I noticed that. There was a little bit less of that. And, and yeah, actually, we did. Yeah, yeah. We did our best. Um, you know, but it's a hard topic to talk about. And but we we felt that it was necessary. We felt there's a lot of misinformation out there, and there's a there's a lot of people speaking for us and at us instead of listening to us. So we thought it was a it, it was an important uh, conversation to have, and we really appreciate five reasons and Alejandro um, from Cinco Razones for producing it. Um, it, it just overall, I think it was a really, really big success. And it's probably something we'll probably be doing a little bit more of. Yeah. And one of the reasons I want to bring it up here at the beginning is because what we're going to talk about today, we want to put into context that Alf and I both understand that this is not the most important thing right now, the basketball. And, but we want to have an honest discussion about it. It's not going to be the same kind of discussion that you had in light skinned opinions, because I come from a different perspective, obviously than you would. And this is a basketball podcast. And so we're going to talk basketball in this pod. If you want straight politics, you want that, that sort of uh, discussion, you go to LSO and I recommend that you do, but we are going to talk about the basketball today because you can't get around it. I mean, the NBA is a huge part of this culture. It's an enormous part of black culture, but not just black culture. I mean, it transcends black culture and the people who are out front in the NBA, the players, the executives, the coaches, um, you know, they have impact when they make statements. And we've seen in the past uh, week, uh, you know, NBA players, and again, I'm going to try not to get overly political and take sides on this podcast, okay? A lot of people know my political views, but that's not where I'm going to go on this one. But we've seen, you know, Jalen Brown, Udonis Haslam, Steven Jackson, uh, a lot of faces that we recognize have been out there taking a stand one way or another. And they don't, and I think one of the things that's been important to understand is they don't all have exactly the same perspective. I think that's part of what you were trying to get across on LSO last night is that you can't paint a group and say, it's the same as saying that, you know, I'm Jewish. All Jewish people feel the same way about something. I have a very different view about Israel than a lot of my Jewish friends. Uh, we don't all feel the same way about everything. Um, and so I, I think it's been interesting to listen to Jalen Brown's perspective, you know, a younger guy, 23 year old in the league who's just sort of making it versus Udonis Haslam's perspective, a grizzled veteran in his late thirties, who's tied to a particular community versus Steven Jackson's perspective, you know, a guy who's in his forties who played a long time in the NBA and took a lot of bumps along the way, but has a relationship uh, or had a relationship with, with the late George Floyd. Uh, so I think it's been instructive. Um, but I think what it has shown us again, Alf, is that, the NBA is a huge influencer. When, when NBA players speak, people listen. They may not always like what they say, but people listen. And then we've also seen the teams that have come out 
and made various statements. The Heat made a statement today. I actually want to read it before we get to this. Um, and, and again, I, you know, everybody put out a statement. And all these teams put out statements. Um, I don't want to judge statements because, <laughs> you know, I don't know who writes them and all the rest of this. Uh, there were a couple that I will say were pretty tone deaf. Um, I've been a New York Islanders fan my entire life. It's probably the worst statement that was put out by any sports team today. I don't know if you saw it, Alf. It was not great. Um, but let me read the Heat statement, and then I want to get to what we're going to get to, which is that it looks like the NBA is going to be coming back officially with an announcement on Thursday um, to come back in late July, probably July 31st. And the question we're going to try to answer on this podcast is, should they? In light of the circumstances and what kind of impact do they actually have? Uh, Here's the statement from the Miami Heat. One of the characteristics that makes the city of Miami so unique is its immense cultural diversity. This diversity is a celebrated part of South Florida, both inside and outside. And out of American Airlines Arena is one of the reasons we deeply mourn the tragic deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and too many others whom we have lost to acts of extreme and excessive violence against African-Americans, acts that have unfortunately become all too commonplace. The Miami Heat sends their deepest condolences to the Floyd, Taylor, and Arbery families. Our hearts are broken, but our resolve is not. We urge everyone to responsibly let their voices be heard and encourage our community to come together. So that's the statement. Um, Udonis Haslam yesterday um, essentially spoke for about a minute and a half, and he spoke about his, his love for the community, uh, but also spoke about how he has many police officers in his family and about everybody coming together. I'll just put this question to you. How much do these voices matter? Um, at, the, at the peak of the anger, I don't know. I guess it depends on how much you like the player or like the team. I think, listen, I think what happens is it's an echo chamber. If you... Um, if you agree with what they say, you're going to, it's basically going to fortify your own opinion. If you don't agree with what they say, you're going to say, stick to basketball, stick to baseball, stick to football, stick to whatever sport, uh, they're playing. And it, this is what happens all the time. And I'm seeing it right now, uh, from everybody, uh, somebody comes out with a statement and they don't use the word black. They use the word people, people of color. People get upset. If they use, uh, you know, white, uh, if they use racism or they use, uh, you know, extreme violence, but they don't say the word police or brutality in the statement, it's not good enough. It's almost like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. What I would encourage more people to do is look at the intent behind the message or, you know, the what people, you know, most mostly the intent behind the message. What is what is a person trying to portray? Are they trying to come across with empathy, sympathy, uh, understanding, and, and a, um, a, are they looking, is, is, is looking, are they actually looking to be educated on the matter? Or uh, even some of the uh, black athletes have been, their, their statements have been misconstrued and turned around. What is the intent of what the person is trying to do? Everybody needs to stop being so angry when someone makes a statement and instead look to educate, right? If there are things that I would have said five years ago that I wouldn't dare say now. Mm-hmm. And it's because mm-hmm. of a lot of friends that I've made along the way. And a lot of it is through, through people I've met through Twitter who have educated me on words that I use that are not acceptable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, have, we have a mutual friend that basically uh, educated me on a word that I used to say on Twitter all the time. I eradicated it from my vocabulary. Like we have to understand that look at the people's intent what are they trying what are they trying to do and let's not jump all over people because 
you know, Tyler Hero comes out with a statement and he doesn't use the word police in it or he doesn't use the word black. He says people of color. You know what? He hears pe people of color on TV all day, every day. He's 20 years old, mm -hmm. right? So for him, the, the appropriate term that he thinks he's supposed to use is person of color. For 50% for of the country, that's appropriate. For the other 50%, it isn't. You can't please everybody with every statement. But like I said, look at the intent and, and, and go from there and stop jumping down everybody's neck because every statement isn't going to be perfect. Well, and I'll say this, and I found this really interesting, was we mentioned Tyler Hero, and you're right, it's, it's not just what someone says, but it's also when someone isn't saying anything, then it's like, well, why isn't this person saying anything? So, for example, two of the first players to come out from the Miami Heat and make statements are two of their white players. Myers Leonard and Duncan Robinson had what I thought were very strong statements, and I, I thought very heartfelt statements, okay? And, and we talked, you and I have talked about these. Um, and then the next thing on Twitter was, well, where's Tyler? Oh, he's, you know, and then people are, well, he's busy with his IG model. And then it's the assumption, well, he doesn't care, right? And that's unfair. Like, I, I think it's unfair to expect, and I'm not saying white athletes or black athletes, but any athletes to carry the burden for what others should be doing. And this, yeah. was, this was one of my points today. Like, you've got, you know, everybody have an issue with what Jalen Brown said or didn't say or what Malcolm Brogdon, who made the trip, did say. And I'm like, those guys are, are acting as leaders. They're not going to be perfect. They're in their, they're, like you said, they're in their early 20s. Um, they, may have, they may have long, and Malcolm Brogdon and Jalen Brown are two of the smartest guys in the league, okay? And they may have long political careers ahead of them, long, I don't know, community organizing. Who knows? You don't know what they're going to do. But they're not going to be perfect. They're going to make mistakes. And, I, and I, what bothers me is that, and maybe this is a Twitter thing or societal thing, I don't know, but there's higher expectations of athletes than there are of the people who are actually electing to lead. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not picking sides here, Republican or Democrat. All of them. Okay. Absolutely. Why, why, why are we expecting more from Malcolm Brogdon and Jalen Brown than we are from Joe Biden or Donald Trump? It, it's insanity. Or not even just that. When you, uh, you know, whatever side you lean on. I mean, I listen to Mayor Bill De Blasio, and I don't, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Um, right. I think sometimes we spend a little too much time on Twitter, and I think it's there. It's the wokest of the woke, and honestly, yeah. it, it leans more in the direction um, that I lean. So, like. Well, I it does. Facebook we, leans the other direction. Yeah, okay, we but, take we take right. our we take our cues from there. But some, but we have to realize that you know it's what is it ninety seven percent ninety three percent of the country isn't on Twitter, right? Um, and these people are way more um, I wouldn't I don't know just conservative middle of the, not even middle of the road just centrist where you know they're they're going to take more, more of these statements to heart where it's just going to be like okay this person had the right amount of intent. Or even they're going to agree with some of these statements a lot more than, let's say, you or I will. Um, I, I, sometimes Twitter does have a closed-minded closed-mindedness to it, mm -hmm. where or if you don't say exactly the right words, you're wrong. So, well, we there, are, to, there are no centrists on Twitter. I mean, the reality no, is, it's on, either on, radical on left, radical right. Radical right. It's one or the other. I mean, on a scale of one to ten, there are ones or twos or nines and tens. That's it. I mean, and if you fall somewhere in the middle, it's, you know, there's a problem with you falling in the middle. And again, I don't want to make this too political. I just want to focus on this. I mean, you mentioned a wordplay, okay? And I'll tell a quick story here. You know, I'm not going to mention names, all right? But I mean, you mentioned, you know, the use, Tyler Hero's use of people of color, okay? 
Well, I was out yesterday. You know this story already, okay? But I was out. I was out yesterday uh, to at an outdoor eating establishment, eating and drinking establishment, uh, where I met up with a friend, a black friend who I'm pretty very close with, um, and I I meet at this place a lot, and it's it's pretty open season. Everybody just kind of hangs out at tables, okay? There's people that come or go. He knows a lot more people there than I do, okay? And he associates with a lot of people there that, that frankly, I wouldn't, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. And uh, even though they're my race, okay, <laughs> I just would not, all right? We just, they, I just don't have anything in common. But he's, he's pretty open-minded with everybody, and, and so he, everybody just comes by and hangs out. So there was a woman that was sitting there, and somehow, the, of course, because everything's on the television, you know, you can't avoid it. So she starts talking about it and talking about the, you know, the quote-unquote riots, okay? And again, I'm use her language, not mine. The quote-unquote riots and all quote-unquote these people doing quote-unquote these things. And I knew immediately, okay, this was, uh, you know, I mean, a Caucasian woman, okay, I would say mid-30s. Um, and again, I don't want to typecast, but I knew immediately. Okay. And so she's talking, she's talking and talking and talking. And then, and then I, you know, I can't help myself and you know where I am politically. So I said something about the current president. Okay. And, uh, and she said, well, she said basically, well, our first colored president, what is he doing? And I said, you're a racist. And I picked up my food and my drink and I went to another table. And she kept shouting she wasn't a racist. But apparently later in the night after I left, I was texted by my friends saying, yes, yeah, she kept getting worse. People reveal them. <laughs> people reveal themselves. Oh, she says, he says, I'm not hanging. They reveal themselves. You know, you know right away where intent is. So Tyler Hero, his intent when he says people of color, okay, I, I've seen him, okay, around, you know, races of all kinds, okay. We've had discussions about him. I mean, all right, and all the rest. Of, okay. I know where that came from, from him, okay? A good place. I knew when this woman made that statement yesterday, it was not coming from a good place, and this was not someone I could sit with anymore because, frankly, I didn't know what I was going to (laughs) do, okay? And I didn't want to make it uncomfortable for anybody else who was there. So so what I'm saying is to expect a 20-year-old that we think is coming from the right place to craft the exact perfect words, because if he did craft the exact perfect words, we'd say, oh, some PR person did it for him. Or you don't want that. People, there would be people out there that didn't like the statement. No matter what, right. like, it's, that's why I say just look at the intent. Like, not everything mm-hmm. he says, because if he said African-American, you know what word I don't like is African-American. Me and you have discussed this before. Mm-hmm. I, I discussed this on Light Skin Opinion. I don't like the term African-American. Now, am I going to sit there and get in a rage and say, why can't he just say black? No, I mean, but that's that's what. Well, I'm and, and to I say. will say this as as a white guy, I, I don't know which to say sometimes because I don't know which is going to offend who. I'll be, just be honest. Like sometimes I when I used to be a writer, okay, I used to be a writer. Sometimes still am. You know, I I would use the word black and then think, wait, is that the right word I should use there? And then I would be told, no, use Amer- African American. It's more politically correct. Okay, um, but I have friends who feel differently. But I have other friends who feel the other direction. And then it's you know, and then it becomes confusing because if it's someone who's latino but happens to be dark skin okay and then you're like okay how am i afraid it it, it becomes complicated it's not easy no one's going to do it perfectly but the point is if you can sense that someone's heart is in the right place with it then you go with it so anyway i want to circle this back because i don't want to get us too far on that direction but i want to get back to the nba part of this 
we're going to do another podcast about what the season's going to actually look like. And it looks like it's going to be 22 teams. It looks like it's going to be some kind of a play-in. Obviously, the Heat are going to be there. There's still a push at the last second here to try to get the other eight teams in or to just have them have extended training camps but not play, which is one idea I don't understand because why are they exposing them potentially to the virus when they're not even going to be playing competitively? And I know a lot of the players are not going to like that. Uh, but let's say that they, whatever they do it, let's say that, this, that they announce Thursday after this Board of Governors meeting and this comes out, Woe says season's back. In, in your view, is it good that a season is coming back in light now, not only of COVID, which we spent two months talking about, okay? I feel like we don't even talk about it anymore, but not only in light of COVID, but in light of the fact that there's obviously something going on in this country that is much, 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 much more important um, than sports. When we're talking about, you're talking about July 31st and it's June 1st right now. I, to me, it's, it's too far off to sit there and try to cancel the season. You don't know what the, the landscape of the country is going to look like. We didn't look at 60 days ago to now, right? Or 60 days before that. It's too, far, it's, it's too far in advance to say, well, they shouldn't play the games. Because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it sounds rough to say, but life goes on. And given the attention span of this, of this country, um, and I'm not casting aspersions on any group of people, but given the attention span of this country, who knows where we'll be at July 31st. So you go ahead with your plans, but you go ahead with them carefully and and based and sensitively, right? Uh, it's, it's, you make sure that everything you do along the way is respectful of what's going on around the country, how people are feeling, and also how your players are feeling. So if it, your players are saying, you know what, right now, I, this is not the time, or this, I don't want to report to training camp, and you have to give them a little more leeway, then you do that. And Adam Silver is the kind of guy, to me, that would do the right thing. I would hope so, right? I don't always trust the owners, but I think the owners follow, follow Adam Silver's lead. So to me, I say you go ahead, whatever you were planning, you know, whether it's right or wrong, whether COVID or not COVID, whether it's protests or not protests, you go along with your plans. Like I have to go, I still have to work every day. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like the, uh, the economy, everything is still moving forward. So you go, you go forward, but at the same time, I understand, my boss would understand if I called him and I said, listen, there's so much going on. I need to just take a mental health day. He would give it to me. And that's, how, that's a good employer. So the NBA needs to be a good employer at this time, be sensitive to the, to, to the climate of the country, but also at the same time, keep moving forward with your plans as it was. Well, you know what that, it is? Like, right. if you look, I'm sorry, if you look at like the PlayStation 5 uh, mm -hmm. release... Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Mm -hmm. It was going to be this week, and they postponed it. That's the right thing to do. Right. Listen, right now, no one gives a damn about the PlayStation 5, right? right? So you move it. But it's not – if the NBA was starting this week, then, yeah, you postpone it. But postponing planning to start in 60 days doesn't make sense to me. I'm with you. Um, 
on all that, I think that they've taken a wait and see approach to everything. Um, and that's been Silver's plan. It's been, let's not overreact. Let's let circumstances play out, but let's have contingencies. And I think we've seen the difference and I, you know, between MLB, Major League Baseball and the NBA, because MLB seemed to have no plan. Um, and now they're discussing a 60 game baseball season, which at this point, I mean, why bother? Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I mean, for baseball and the way that that sport plays out. And whereas the NBA has had these various contingencies, and I saw a quote in one of the ESPN pieces that says, we're going to line up behind Adam. I mean, there is confidence in their commissioner. And so I think that they believe that it's, you know, if he says it's a go, it makes sense to be a go. And again, we were just talking about COVID. But let's transition to this thing. Um, this situation is going to get worse before it gets better, just like COVID did. And it's going to get worse, not in the sense of the worst thing for the country, because I think the country, in my political opinion, is the country needs it. But it's going to get worse in terms of what we see on television every day. It's going to get worse in terms of the fracturing of this country. Um, as we speak, you know, we're two hours removed from the president uh, invoking a law from 1807 to basically deploy the military in our streets. Um, I mean, we're looking at 19, you know, 60s again. We're looking at 1968. We're looking at, you know, Nixon 1973. I mean, we are back in time, okay? And so this situation is going to get uglier before we see any kind of progress. And so I don't know if that's two months. I don't know if that's four months. I don't know if that's not until the election. There may be an acquittal. God forbid. <laughs> Uh, and then can you imagine what things are going to look like? So I, you know, it's hard, like you said, to project two months from now, but I do think, I do think if there is any entity in America that is capable of not only handling this situation, but adding to it in a positive way, it's the National Basketball Association. It may be the only one. <laughs> it may be the only one. Would you agree with that? What's no, I, I do, and it's all. It's because they've, for the longest, um, even towards the end of Stern's career, but especially during uh, Silver's uh, regime, if you will, like they've been very open to letting the players express themselves. And when you let people express themselves, and I'm like, I don't like. Listen, I don't want to get too political, mm -hmm. but if you've seen what happens during protests, mm -hmm. if you let people express themselves. Usually you, you have less issues than if you throw tear gas into the situation. Mm -hmm. So if you let the players express themselves and if they can wear their I can't breathe shirts, if they can say whatever they want to say before practice, after practice, before games, after games, if they can write things on their sneakers and you don't find them for wearing the wrong socks like the NFL does, mm -hmm. if you do those things and let people be open and express themselves, you're going to have a happier workforce which in turn, you'll have a happier fan base because we know where that fan base trends. Mm -hmm. Now, the second that th that fan base, which is, and it's all over Twitter, NBA Twitter is a huge thing. If that f fan base catches wind of you trying to shut down any kind of free speech, mm -hmm. you're going to have a huge issue. And so I, I think they know how to navigate that. As long as the players can express themselves, the players feel heard and open, and then the fans can see that this league is letting its players be as open and free as they want to be, and the, the league is being sensitive to the feelings of the fan base, I think it's going to be fine. Where I think you're going to see issues is some of these other leagues that yes. are completely tone deaf. 
mm-hmm. and they're going to do military flyovers and crap like mm-hmm. <laughs> to mm-hmm. to to support uh, uh, police forces and things like that. Well, it's pretty they're much gonna, every sport but the NBA, I, I think. I yeah, mean, they're going to they're yeah. going to do the wrong things. So you can't even trust them with their own product. So ho- hopefully the NBA can lead the way and show these other uh, leagues how to comport themselves. But then you got to understand the other leagues have a different fan base themselves. Yes. So I mean, NASCAR, the NASCAR fan base. I mean, we talk about the NBA fan base on that scale of, you know, left to right, one to 10 is in the one to two range. The NASCAR fan base is in the nine to 10 range. The NFL fan base is pretty much in mostly the six to 10 range. Um, You know, the major league baseball fan base is probably in like the five to eight range, five to nine range. I mean, that's when you're going left to right, one to 10. So there's no question about it. I want to follow on that in a second, but one first want to tell you about a great sponsor of the five reasons sports network that you break it. We'll fix it. It's a wheel repair and remanufacturing company. If you need power coding for custom color changes on wheels, check out you break it. We'll fix it dot com backslash services if you're tired of your wheels give your car a new and refreshed look by powder coating them a new color wheels faded and scratched you can renew them with their in-house wheel refinishing repair damaged wheels that are curbed bent or cracked you got to check it out i put i'm gonna put this up again tomorrow they do vice wheels so you want miami vice you know the heat vice wheels they do vice colored wheels it's cool as hell um they got 15 years of experience they're based in north miami right on northeast 146th street the phone number 305-748-0112 that's 305-748-0112 mark's a great dude reach out to him and use the code five reasons wheels that's five reasons wheels you'll get 10 percent off on a four-wheel repair or refinishing with that code five reasons wheels and again it's you break it wheel fix it you're right about the other leagues handling this differently and you're, the other thing that you said that really struck me is, you know, pouring tear gas on a, or on a situation. That's what the NFL did. It's exactly what the NFL did. The NFL basically, if, if, if they had sympathized more with the real meaning of what Colin Kaepernick was trying to do instead of letting that be co-opted by political forces, um, this would look a lot different, I think. But instead, they muzzled him. And not only did they muzzle him, but they blackballed him when it was clear he could still play quarterback in the NFL. And I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear, he sucked, he this, he was 4-18 and 18 his last two years. He played on a garbage team when he came, when Kaepernick down, came down here to play the Dolphins, he was the best quarterback on the field, okay? And that was the year that Ryan Tannehill had that was pretty good. It was the year before Tannehill got hurt, the 16 season. I don't want to hear it, okay? The NFL's entire approach right or wrong okay in terms on the merits on the political merits of it it backfired on them in my view okay and and then the nfl puts out a statement and like you said you know they put out a statement about honoring and it was the worst statement of the week because everybody knew it wasn't true uh and and the nba doesn't have that problem um the nfl i saw very few nfl teams put out significant statements i found it interesting that the dolphins didn't put out a, I may be wrong about this, but I did not see a statement from the Dolphins. I saw the Dolphins put out a statement from Brian Flores, which was, did you see that one? Al? Yeah. Which uh, to me, sometimes that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, instead of us speaking, you know, when, if you don't have uh, per, I was about to use a word person of color, 
-hmm. <laughs> at the top of your organization, or if you do have a person of color at the right. top of your organization, let them speak. Right. You know, if you don't, then, you know. Well, very few NFL teams do. More NBA teams do. Like, right. I mean, and so Masai that's. Ujiri, Masai Ujiri came out with a statement. He came out. So I, I thought, look, I, uh, Flores' statement was outstanding. Um, and I'm a huge Brian Flores fan. I think people who follow me on Twitter know that. But his statement was outstanding. I think South Florida is very fortunate to have the two coaches they have on their two most prominent teams. I thought Manny Diaz's statements were also outstanding. Um, you know, so, you know, Derek Jeter always sort of toes the line on these things, but it is what it is. But, but I thought that the Dolphins uh, were right to put Flores out there. But my point overall is it's more difficult for the Dolphins to put something out when they know that their owner, Steve Ross, has some problematic stuff in this space. Um, the NBA does not have as much problematic stuff. And when they have had problematic stuff, like Donald Sterling, it took them a damn long time, but eventually they got him out. Okay. And so I do feel there's more trust in the NBA to handle these situations in a way that is more sensitive to their employees who most matter, <laughs> their players. And in the NFL, that is not the case. And so one of the things I've heard, Alf, already, I've spoken to a couple player agents in the past week, they are fully prepared that there's going to be something coordinated from the players, like the I can't breathe stuff. I was in Brooklyn with LeBron the night of uh, the I can't breathe uh, shirts that were put. That was actually Jarrett Jack's idea, okay? It's spread around the league, um, and that was coordinated. I think people have seen the, the – Every you know, sort of seen the photo of Kobe in the I can't breathe shirt again today. There's going to be something coordinated when the players come back, and that's another reason why I lean and I put this on a poll today, and I think it was 50 50. You know, do you think it's more or less important to have the NBA come back under the current circumstances? I think it's more, I lean more, and not because I want to see him shoot a bunch of free throws or you know, defend the pick and roll. I just think their voices matter. I was, I was around. You know, the big three heat when they when Trayvon Martin was murdered um, and he was murdered um, and I was around the big three heat when they went to Chicago that day and rented out a ballroom and took the photo and everybody except well, Mike Miller wasn't with the team at the time, but he would have been in the photo too. everybody else in the team was in the photo. Um, the hoodie photos that they all did that had impact when I when Dwayne Wade would write, uh, you know, you know, names on his shoes, okay, of, of kids who were, uh, you know, murdered by police. That had an impact. Um, I think it matters, and I think to have, and, you know, Russ uh, Benson, who's somebody I follow, he's been an NBA writer, observer for a long time, he thinks they shouldn't play. He thinks it's irrelevant, and, and he says they're going to be on, they, these guys can get on TV anyway. It's different, Alf, to be on television. The spectacle that this is going to be with the first major sports league that's coming back, okay, and the ratings we saw last dance get, the ratings we've seen, we saw the, that golf match get, this is it's going to get huge ratings when the NBA comes back. These guys are going to be in the spotlight even more than they ever were, even with fans that not, not being there. And if they're making political statements, it will have impact. That's how I view it. You're not going to get 7 million people watching um, an appearance on MSNBC. No. Right. And you might get the clips played on Twitter and then it's just going to get lost in all the different noise. And also there's a lot of guys in the NBA that want a voice that are, are that probably, you know, maybe they don't, they, you know, maybe they're not as comfortable in front of a camera or in front of a microphone. You know, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of guys who are tweeting things that are, that might not be 
as comfortable saying it in front of a mic, but they can do things through their actions on the court or the things they wear. They can they can have their voice be heard that way. So there's there's a lot of benefits to having these guys on the court on a national platform. Um, there's going to be tons of interviews before and after games, like I said before, where they can speak their piece. Um, now, do I? I don't know. You know, I don't know how I would answer the question whether it's more or less important. Um, I feel like you you can sometimes a distraction is a good thing, but I don't know in this case how good a distraction really is, right? Mm -hmm. Because one of the problems with our movements and our righteous anger nowadays is that it gets distracted way too easily. Um, we, we, you know, we live in the age of uh, you send me a video over 30 seconds, I'm probably not going to watch it. So we have a short attention span these days. And if there is a distraction that comes into play, I don't know if that's great for whatever, uh, whatever protest you're trying to, or whatever cause you're trying to advance. But on the other hand, like you said, that's a huge platform for a lot of young men uh, who feel the same way a lot of the, you know, a lot of the people that are protesting do to further the movement. So, like mm -hmm. I said, it's you. It's hard to say whether one's more important than the other, whether coming back or not. I think that's why I think you have two months. Right. You proceed with your plan, and then you gauge the climate of the country when July thirty first rolls around, and you make that decision. You know, yes, we put in all the work, but it doesn't make sense. Doesn't behoove us to move forward. And do I you think, think there's the any chance the right of that, thing. though, Al? I think they'll do the right thing. But do you see that? I mean, if they go through this entire process. Ethan, if and the they, city, if the country's on fire, well, in the country's days. well, right. Well, that could be the case. I mean, the country may be on fire on November third too, for a different reason. I, 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 I think if they decide on Thursday, I just wonder how much it's going to come in the conversation on Thursday because, again, we haven't talked about COVID really at all on this episode. That was the issue. I mean, I don't know where they are in testing. I don't. I mean, we're nowhere near a vaccine. I mean, I, you know, I mean, at this point, it's pretty clear that you know, we're going to have a sec, a huge second wave of this. It might've happened anyway, but having, you know, so many people on the streets, I mean, there's no question that we're having one. And then that second wave is going to be blamed by one political side on, on the protests. There's no question. Okay. And not the that, pool parties and those. And are. not the pool parties. Right. I mean, you know, somebody's going to look to absolve himself of blame. Right. And so that's basically where that's going to go. And then it's just going to be like, okay, now do we not play because of COVID because everybody's sick again, or do we not play because, you know, this is in bad taste to play. I just know that they were not planning on having this discussion on Thursday. It was going to be a COVID. And now obviously this has to be part of it. So if but you can't you so can't table it because you can't. It, well, it's not announced, but they're supposed to. What what Woj just reported is that they've basically all decided on the twenty two team plan and they're going to vote on it Thursday. I mean, and, they can vote. I, I would continue the vote, but what I would do if I was Adam Silver and if he wanted to be smart, when they finally do come out and announce the dates, uh, they make sure that they bring out the LeBron Jameses, the Kevin Durant's, um, whoever's been the most vocal and who wants to be vocal. Mm -hmm. they should be there standing side by side with them and they should have a voice at that announcement. Right. And if that, and if they, if they do it that way, I think the, the public will take a look at it and say, well, at least, you know, the, the players are behind this and the players can also make themselves heard that, you know, going into this season, they're going to make sure that this movement doesn't stop. They're going to keep pushing forward the agenda. And I think it'll, it'll ease a lot of fans misgivings 
um, that aren't really on board with it, the people that aren't on board with the season. But like mm-hmm. I said, we need to get our, sometimes we got to get out of the echo chamber of Twitter. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you 85%, 90% of NBA fans wanted to come back no matter what's going on right now. Even if they're on the street angry right now, mm-hmm. they wouldn't say that in 60 days, they don't want to see the NBA again. No, I, I, I'm with you. And, and really, I mean, so we've had social unrest over the course of this country for, I mean, pretty much since its existence. And as long as there's been pro sports, um, you know, particularly the last half century, they've played. <laughs> uh, I mean, and when there were, have been other circumstances, wars, etc. you know, after nine 11, George Bush came and threw the first pitch, you know, um, you know, I will I, tell you that stuff goes it, on. What would change a lot if there are military tanks in American city streets. Yes. If there, if there are tanks in Chicago, or let's say they're um, they're tanks in LA, riding, uh, running through, the, uh, driving through the streets of LA. I guarantee you, LeBron James doesn't put on a uniform and play a basketball game. He might not, and he may view it as almost holding it back. You know, sort of because I mean, and some of LeBron's rhetoric has gotten a little stronger on social media the past couple of days. Um, and maybe he would decide. And a lot of players take cues from him. But uh, you know, I, I also feel. I mean, there's this other thing that comes into it that in one way, LeBron would want to come back to reconnect with the fans. There aren't going to be any fans. Uh, but at the same time, I think your point about the tanks and all that would mean more if they were playing in all those cities, but they're not. Well, right? that's it, the the question LeBron, is, are, are there going to be tanks in, in, in Orlando and Lake well, Buena if, Vista? No, for LeBron James to leave L.A. Yeah. To come to, or like, let's say there are tanks in Akron, Ohio. Right. For LeBron James to leave his town, leave his city, leave whatever city he's representing, to come play in Disney World. Yeah, to play in a resort. In a resort while there while are soldiers on the streets of American yeah. cities. I know. It's I, guarantee, I, know. I guarantee you he's not putting on a uniform. But listen, that, like I said, there's 60 days. We'll see what happens. Well, all I know is with every 60 days in this country, things get worse, not better. The, the, so, more, the, mur- the murder hornets might be out in full force. Well, right. Knows. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I mean, this has been probably the, you know, one of the worst years in American history. Um, and, uh, and it's June and, and it's June. It's not even, I mean, you know, and, and the NBA, I mean, again, the NBA is, is minor in comparison to it, but there's been a ton of tragedy in the NBA. I saw today, you know, someone leaked Kobe Bryant's autopsy on Twitter. Like, it's just, it, it never ends. Like, it's just, it's endless stream of bad news. Um, my suspicion, and we can close here, my suspicion is that Thursday they will decide that they're going to play. They won't make a big deal of it because it'll be a quieter announcement because they know other th- stuff is going on. Um, and I think they will continue to monitor it, but I think the season's coming back. I think they've made a decision that they, they can handle it, uh, in a way that the other leagues can't. And Adam Silver, remember, and again, I, I kind of know his politics. I think it's pretty easy to figure out what his politics are. But Adam Silver views himself as somebody who, you know, wants to, he even said this to Rachel Nichols, he wants to be a leader in helping make things better in this country. And he thinks that providing some kind of a diversion, some kind of entertainment, putting, you know, these very, I mean, let's just be honest, prominent black men in their field back out there in the public eye in a way that they can speak intelligently about what's happening. I think he views that as a positive. Um, And I think he believes he has enough leaders 
among the current NBA players and others who will emerge as leaders that they can do that. So that's, that's what I, I think that's the direction he's going to take this. But I understand what you're saying, Alf. The optics, if there are tanks in the street of going to be a Coronado Springs in Lake Buena Vista and play basketball games is problematic. I, and I didn't even think of that, but that's, that's why we have the discussions. So that's, that's, it's, prob- <laughs> it's, it's, it's problematic. All right, check out fivereasonsports.com. Um, I hope that you guys were okay with the way we handled this episode. Again, if you want more in-depth light-skinned opinions or my pers- our personal Twitter accounts, I try not to move the politics into Five Reasons Sports, um, but I say what I have to say on Ethan J. Skolnick, so you can follow me there. Uh, or, or don't, or don't. My follower count is ex- a lot of people I've had to block and have unfollowed me in the past week, and I have the exact same number of followers. So I think I'm just – there are seats that are leaving, you know, the, the, you know, people that are leaving the tables, the chairs at the tables and others are filling those seats. And um, that's kind of what's happening. But anyway, um, I've lost a hundred since the season got suspended. So over a hundred. Yeah. Well, I, my timeline has gone mostly political, but I, I was, opinions I, gained a, a number of followers since last night, which is great. I, as long as they're the right people as I, and I'm Jewish, but as uh, I'm Jewish, but as somebody said on Twitter today and it got retweeted, you guys are talking about followers. Jesus only needed 12. Have a great night, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.